shoot the shit. So I'm recording. All right, I'm here with Dave Madden. And uh, Dave is somebody I've known for a while now. Probably, uh, what, since 2007 was the first show that we did together. Yes, was that the Joni Mitchell show? Was that the first show? First one was this one, The Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. That was the first one. That was the first one. Mm -hmm. So Dave was highly recommended uh, to me by another singer-songwriter, Sarah. Sarah Sharp. Sarah actually. Sharp. Sarah Sharp said, hey, you, you need to mm -hmm. call up Dave. He'd be just great for... And uh, this show we've done a number of times. I'm really excited because uh, Dave, we're, we're putting together a very special evening. It's another kind of pinnacle Austin music night and, and that we've taken a, a holiday, in this case Halloween, and paired it with an album that just seems perfectly paired for Halloween. Right. And the idea is that we're creating an experience, something that could be an annual event that people come back to year after year, kind of like Mardi Gras, you know? And, uh, or what is it, Carnival Brazil, Brazil they have here in Carnival. Austin? Yeah, yeah. Or what is it? Yeah, Carnival. Yeah. Carnival, you've been to that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been going on for 20, like 30 years. It's this huge event. And, um, but the, you know, my, my side of it is, is, is uh, with Strings Attached, we bring in all these, these different um, Austin artists, and they bring their own flavor to the mix. And so we're, we're creating this experience where we, we present our interpretation of the dark side of the moon. Your band is going to open with your original music, so we start the evening you know, with a, a six-piece, right? There's a, there's Eight a, piece. Eight-piece Dave Madden ensemble, original music by Dave to start the night, and then Dave's going to join Strings Attached for our interpretation of the dark side of the moon um, on Halloween night that music is some of the spookiest music uh, rock and roll however you want to call it yeah, and very dark yeah very brooding very spooky yeah and so we want we want people to come and pass the word about this show if they're looking for an experience that is going to take them into another world another place wherever that place they decide to go uh, we, we're going to go along with them right. musically and um, talk a little bit. I, I want to talk a little bit about this particular album. Um, how it's very interesting to me when I was thinking about like what is it every time we do it? Um, it, it feels like a spiritual experience in a lot, a lot of ways, spiritual. And yeah. the word that came up for me, and I know you're probably going to get this, but first of all, the word that comes up for me is space, okay? Yeah. Be, right? You, you, you get exactly yeah, space. Right. It allows because it's not necessarily like the music itself that is. I mean, it's 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 cool, you know. But we take it so far away from the original. We still stick to the lyrics are there and all that. But the space in the music allows our players to come in, and it's really a live event that happens live. We're not reproducing. The album per se, note per note, right. and that's what makes it exciting, special, a one-time thing. That when you, it's different every time, because the album has so much space. Right. And if you bring the right group of people together, and my job as a, as a leader is to be able. To, what I, at least I think my job as a leader is to do is to think, okay, who will fit together in the ensemble? Who will complement each other? Who is not gonna? Um, who's gonna? you know, hear that original intention of Pink Floyd, but then bring their own voice to it and right. pull it off. Yeah. Right? And with that space, that seems, that seems every time we do it, it seems to happen 
quite well. Yeah, there's a thing about Pink Floyd and specifically Dark Side of the Moon with the space in the music. It's almost like each chord kind of happens and then you have like a moment to just think about that chord and then there's another chord and then you have kind of another moment and it's very relaxing Mm -hmm. in that way because there's so much music out there I think that's kind of vying for your attention don't let the listener get bored ever so just keep them you know keep them change it change it change it change it Um, but even in part you know like the top of um, yeah like just that kind of the oh yeah and you know just from those three notes immediately you know and it just kind of you go okay okay Mm -hmm. and everybody gets kind of a chance to to listen to each thing it lands in your brain and you can process it I I think that's part of what makes it so uh, kind of captivating and and um, entertaining but relaxing at the same time it gives you that peaceful vibe to it yeah and it's interesting that 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 it came about right during the high point of the of rock and roll's heyday, you know, when right. Led Zeppelin and the Beatles were, were playing very frenetic music, right. and and when you listen to the recordings, it, it's just it's like an oral landscape, an oral right. landscape. You know, people listen to this album with their eyes closed and done right. you know drugs while they listen to it because it takes them away, and mm-hmm. and it's almost like the perfect. New Age relaxation music, but yet it's not. Yeah, New it's, Age an album, music. It, it's an album yeah. that really breathes. Really breathes. Yeah. Kind of breathes. Yeah, and the, the 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 idea of it being a programmatic record too has always appealed to me. That you play the whole thing straight through, which mm-hmm. is what we do, and sitting down and you know like just a one complete meditation or one journey that takes you through, right. and the fact that they, that it's so well. Um, that they worked it out, you know. There, there's, there's, there, there are elements that come back, yeah. as like, a, like a symphony, right. you know. So you have the, the beginning, the first piece of the first movement of the Dark Side of the Moon is you hear all those sounds. It's like the uh, what do you call it? The the exposition. And mm-hmm. if you were studying symphonic form, you presented all the themes. So all the sounds are presented in that first section, and they're they're brought back throughout right. the entire. Dark side of the moon, right? Yeah. Helps to organize the yeah what you're hearing, right? Not just a bunch of random, bunch of random stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we start with just that first, you know, introduction that's very short, uh, kind of avant-garde and you know, insane the screaming that's going on right. that leads right into breathe. It's the first mm-hmm. right. song, mm-hmm. um, and that whole long section, the intro to breathe, no lyrics. It's just right. the steel guitar. Right. Taking its time, just yeah, like you said, right. setting the tone of relaxation, right. um, and then, but it's not necessarily that way for the entire album. I mean, there are, you know, it, it goes into other other territory mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. But money and uh, uh, right. on, the, on the run, especially right. probably the most frenetic. That's piece right. Of it. I don't know, and then it ends with uh, this grand finale, but. Again, you know, we've done it, this is probably, what, the eighth time, maybe tenth time yeah, we've done it, and, you know, when we start it, it's not like there's anything, there's no weird chords, you know, or jazz chords, mm-hmm. we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. It's all just basically diatonic, except yeah. for the kind of avant-garde sections. Right. And then yet, so I've always asked that question, like, well, then what is it that's 
so amazing. Are we projecting onto that because it's the dark side of the moon? Mm. But I really think it's the, it's the combination of players that we bring together. That's that's what I'm projecting. I'm projecting mm. like, wow, Dave Zirkel, Steve Zirkel, Rob Cazanel, the the the, uh, the family that we bring together yeah. in that context of space. Somehow, something magical happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, Whereas, this show more than any other show that I've done with strings attached, people just have a really visceral reaction yeah. to it after the show. You know, I mean, it's common. All the strings attached shows are great. People say they're great, but this one, I've just gotten so many comments of like, "Wow!" And um, people that still, when I bump into them, talk about. I think one of the times we did it at Rudamaya. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still get that people yeah, from that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that uh, Maya Angelou quote about people will forget, you know, what they've uh, they say. You know, people will forget what you say, uh, but they'll they will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. That's music has right. that ability to touch sort of the, the limbic system in the brain, which is the emotional mm-hmm. center of the brain, and create these these memories. Right. Um, one of the things I was thinking about was um, related to that is we've had Lisa Tingle many, many times. What's very interesting to me is she does you know, the, the Great Gig in the Sky, which right. is completely wordless, but yet without words, without fail, every single time, yeah. how does it... Oh, people... Yeah. Yeah. Right away, it's such a... just that voice right amazing right it, it, it strikes something primal emotional release I, we've experienced what we experience is release we the audience mm-hmm. people cry people right just it's as if they're in church mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying still recording yeah there's it's as if they're in church and she is you know <laughs> converting That's, yeah well that's, I mean, that's the role the I've, thing I I've, I've really come to I mean I've spent plenty of time in doing music sacred secular you know right. in, in church and out in the world and I have come to think of especially great musicians that are that have honed their craft and everything is kind of secular priests yep like out in the world um, there's so much that happens in life that doesn't happen in a church but people are having meaningful experiences and music being kind of the soundtrack it's like that thing shepherding them through yep. their lives like their rituals and there's music as That's if it's true. a church but it's it's the real world and it's you know no need for language no need to know the same language mm-hmm. so it, it seems to to communicate on an emotional level universal level uh, I'm just thinking of the different movements of the dark side of the moon and, and that particular one Never ceases to amaze me what, uh, what, how, what the audience how they respond to it, mm-hmm. and uh, and they. Uh, I, I remember okay, the last time it was no, it was about a year ago, and sometimes you can see the change mm-hmm. from that you walk in and there was uh, Dave Quanberry's mother was there and she was sitting very mm-hmm. still. And, she was, and then after the show, I walked up and she had just completely transformed. She was. Relaxed. I mean, her eyes, you know, it's, it's almost right. as if she, she had slapped. Yeah. yeah. And she was, you know, it was like we had had, 
you know, the friendship had already been built without any words. Just being in that room together with four walls mm -hmm. and going through that two hours together. Right. So, and we had said nothing to each other, but she came up and hugged me immediately and, and, was, and has, it was in a completely different place. So right. that's that transformative effect of music. But of course, and everybody has their music that they like to do that. You know, some people might not mm -hmm. dig the dark side of the moon, you know, but we, we're appealing to those who, who might dig, you know, this particular presentation with Austin musicians and uh, those who um, would like to see what we do with, with our own interpretation of it. And so you're you're doing um, you're opening up the the night mm -hmm. with, um, with your music and uh, you, you said you did a nine piece band is that what you said? I think it's an eight piece band this time. It's yeah, it's always eight or yeah, nine. Right. So that that's drums, bass, guitar, me leading the band from the keyboard and singing, yeah. percussion like a dedicated percussion guy and three oh, horns. Wow. And I've got Mike Mordecai on trombone, John Mills on tenor sax. So when you were, um, just go back to a little trivia, you know, when you were uh, being pulled into the, to, the, to this life of being a, a priest, you know, musical uh -huh. priest, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, why, this, you know, I, I still ask myself the question, like, why do I do this? What is my reason for pushing? Because being a musician, you know, to survive, to make a living doing this, takes an incredible amount of push, incredible right. amount, at least for myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you've, yeah. you've got your Mr. Yoga guy in meditation, I, I do as well, but... Um, no, it's hard. A lot of times... It's like, hard. I think it's hard right. for everybody it to is. make a living doing this. And a, in any era, not just this era or any era, 50 mm -hmm. years ago, 30 years ago. So I'm always curious with other people, what drives them? Why do this? Why not do this as a hobby and do something else? You know, mm -hmm. like just start with that. Why not... I, I'm still kind of asking, I have, I have answers to that, you know, I could say for myself, I'll just give it really quickly, is I really do enjoy and feel like, back to that priest thing, I do feel a calling and that, that I am able to bring people together and bring a certain amount of uh, community and let pe bring people together for an experience where they do forget the troubles in their lives and they feel alive and they can go back to their lives, whatever that may be, right. feeling renewed and maybe asking the question, well, how can I get more of that? How can I create more of that? What if the world was all like that? Just like John Lennon said, you know, mm -hmm. you may think I'm a dreamer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, come join us. And mm -hmm. so I, I love making people happy. I love seeing people transform, just like I described the mom transforming. So who wouldn't want to not have a job like that? Right. So that it's like beyond just making money or just the pure joy of having people like, yay, Will Taylor, love that. I love witnessing from the stage and off the stage the transformation that occurs every time if you just back away from it and do your thing and view people. So for me, that that's where I am now. That's where I'm with it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's hard, but you know, yeah. I love that. And you're good at it. Things. I mean, yeah. you're good at I, it. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. um, no, I totally That's agree true. with that. And, yeah. and yeah. you, like uh, like being a secular priest, not that I yeah. think about that all the time, sure. but I think that lifelong musicians that have a lot of experience like are kind of experts at that, at, like shepherding people through experiences coming together, yeah. providing a backdrop for a container 
That's good. For it, yeah. for for an experience to happen, where people have good times, you know, people fall in love, right? You know, oh, that drop. That's right. Music, like, in that thing. Uh, but on a practical level, it's what I've always done, <laughs> and I'm good at it. Right. I mean, it never occurs to me to not do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I just would never do that. You know, I would never I know quit doing it because absolutely because I enjoy it. But also, it's like, what else would I do? Right. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty heavily invested in the music thing at sure. this point. Well, and I was asking uh, last night at Strings on Grass, um, everybody in the band. I said, what odd jobs did you have before you were a musician? Carol Wonderland said, I've only been a musician. I've never done anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, and I said, well, there's. You know, come on, when you were 13 or 14, yeah. what were you doing? And she first she said, you know, well, I was a you know, bartender in a bar. And then, and then I said, well, what do you think about that? And so I walked away. And then five minutes later, she goes, well, well, come here. I got one for you. I got one. Okay, well, I worked at Astroworld. And one day, Bugs Bunny guy came and said, or the Bugs Bunny guy called in sick. And I ended up, you know, being the Bugs Bunny at Astroworld. So that was great. Right. Know? But, and for, for me... Um, before I was a musician, I, I worked at a Stubbs barbecue. I served beer and barbecue to bikers at Stubbs barbecue wow. while I was bagging groceries at HEB, 1987, mm -hmm. 1988. And I went with uh, Stubbs, the guy that they named Stubbs out after, the actual large guy that you know had the barbecue joints and uh, in the panhandle, and mm -hmm. he and I would go do you know parties and in his Cadillac and put barbecue in the back of there. And the Cadillac only went forward; there was no reverse. So wow. you know, it was, that's that's my silly music, non-music job, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I would play this blues place. It was it was Stubbs Barbecue. They had a bar, they had a jam, blues jam. That's where I met Glenn Rexash. Oh, wow. Was at the Stubbs Barbecue Jam and. And I would get my blue electric viola up there and, and sit in with the blues, blues jam. I made Glenn, Glenn Rex Ash and uh, other players. This is in the late 80s. So, mm -hmm. um, what, uh, so, Dave, what did you, did you have anything that you did that was kind of. I've had, I've had a number of less than desirable jobs. I think my very first one was um, I, so I got a job at McDonald's mm -hmm. when I was like 15. And I got the uniform, and I went down to the basement to watch like a VHS tape of for orientation, and it was so disgusting down there. Like the floors were covered in like grease yeah. and flies, yeah. and I and I quit. So I never actually worked even one minute. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I just but I got the uniform, and then I just promptly gave the uniform back. But I've worked at Blockbuster Video. Um, I've How long? How long did it last? That's what I Probably on and off, like summers. Yeah. Like a summer sure. job. Okay. Kind of a thing. And then um, I was playing in this country band in Nashville, and we would do just odd jobs for, mm. for cash. And this was like in the backwoods outside of <laughs> Nashville in Tennessee. And me and the drummer this one time took a gig, like a day gig. This farmer needed a huge pile of tires. Mm -hmm. Just moved from one place to this other place, like across a field. So just all day long, we just oh my God. humped these tires across yeah. a field, you know, rolling them, throwing them, whatever. It's like some of the most backbreaking work I've done. Like truck tires and right. stuff. Big tires. All day long. So yeah, move 
Tire mover, professional sure. tire mover. Yeah, pile of tire. And this is when you're in your teens or your early twenties. Uh, yeah, nineteen or twenty. That okay. would have been nineteen or twenty. Yeah, I, I was just back thinking backwards to those kind of jobs that I had and what was going through my head at the time. I I remember just a couple times thinking like I have to do whatever it takes. Mm. Uh, what one of the jobs was it was a desk job working on a computer in an office, you know, with a standard hierarchical structure, which, you know, that's all what most people work under mm. in an office. And I just like, whatever I have to do right. to avoid this, mm. I felt like I was going to die in, yeah. if I didn't get out of there. <laughs> right. Seriously. Or, or the having to like show up at 5 a.m. at Fajita Junction to make fajitas. It was like one of those burger joints where you drive through, kind of like P. Terry's mm. and being there at five in the morning, preparing the eggs and it's like, whatever. I, I just, my mind was constantly thinking like how do I how fast can I quit basically and that's kind of how in a way like a lot of these things have evolved out of that just I'll do it at whatever it takes to avoid having to go back to that Mm -hmm. but now I have a different look on it I think um, that everybody should experience a certain amount of menial work and still to this day it's not nothing I don't want to be like that's below me then it was when I was in my early 20s I was like oh I'm not this is not Mm -hmm. for me so, mm-hmm. but now I think everybody like have kids and they they have to do mm. some of that, and everybody should still clean the toilets and right. bathrooms and we're, no, no, but nobody's above that because mm-hmm. that's part of what experiencing the every bit of mm-hmm. life, you know. And you can be back to the being, the whole Zen of it, right? Like cleaning the toilet could be as Zen as right. playing a piece of music, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Anything that's what we got to get. Yeah, anything could be art. Could be, you know, yeah. take, taken to the highest level. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know. But that's only recently for me when I started thinking that. You know, yeah. and what's funny is that yeah. it's you would think, well, toilets are way down here, and music is this really beautiful high thing. But that's right. um, I think that I actually like to take music off of the pedestal, right. you know, and right. keep it like a colleague, you know, a friend, not like mm-hmm. a a god right that I bow really? to or anything yeah huh yeah and I think having that <laughs> music on a pedestal for a lot of musicians distracts them from yes all the other practicalities of like being able to make it to make a living at it you yeah. have to distance yourself mm-hmm. in certain ways from the music you know because if you're just having one never ending music gasm right 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 how can you make a living like that? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or how can you form new projects and show up on time and rehearse? And right. it's not all just intoxicating, wonderful, intoxicating music right. all the time. Yeah, well, but it that, will be. But it will be this Friday. But it will. Yes, that's what we. <coughs> that's we what we train for, and that's what we prepare for. Exactly, it's for that moment of special music and sharing that with an audience with the. Uh, that that's part of the equation is mm-hmm. the listener. Um, what was I going to say? There was something else. That, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll. Uh, oh, and one of the things I've always enjoyed is when I play weddings. Uh, I did a wedding la- uh, Saturday night, and uh, we played four hours of Western swing music. When we were done, uh, the the family gathered around a fire pit and they brought took out the guitars and immediately were playing songs. Mm-hmm. You know and. So the idea that that music is accessible and available and and to everybody at whatever level yeah. and mm-hmm. 
it's just it's just another way of sharing of sharing time together and they were they had such a great time and it was just, it was just, it was providing like you said that container of connection mm-hmm. for them and it didn't matter so yeah. but there is something to be said i mean i don't know you don't want to put we should like i was going to say picasso there's picasso then there's but then there's folk music but right who cares i mean uh-huh. but you know it's just um, we want people to have a good time and we're we're there to have provide the focal point to pull people in mm-hmm. To, to focus on hopefully being present mm-hmm. during those two hours and enjoying each other's company. I like the fact that a lot of people say that our shows are very laid back. You know, you know, if you go to a symphony or a recital, right. it may not be as laid back. You can't make noise. Mm-hmm. You got to sit real quiet. You got to sit in your seat. And that that is actually very like I like I like experiencing music that way. I like mm-hmm. going to a, a recital and having to be really silent. So there's nothing. I'm not saying there's anything against that, but generally in our shows you know it's not going to be that feeling of oh I can't yeah. move you know there's more of a laid back feel to it right um, so we want you all to come we just thought we'd give a little sample of yeah. what's going on with us yeah, and we've musically been, and we've been excited about this show for yeah. quite some time yeah we keep we keep coming back and you know the, the, this, the other thing about about being a musician that I love is is that um, is that the power of attraction is is very um, apparent when, for me, music, like you, when you're young and you're playing, you're learning how to play your instrument, and you're focusing so much individually on yourself, learning mm-hmm. licks, learning the 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 mechanism. Okay, and sometimes musicians can get stuck in that, and they have their own little cocoon around mm-hmm. them. But to me, and what's come up in the last few days, few weeks of working with all these different players, is the ultimate frontier. And this ties it in with what we were talking about at the very beginning of this conversation. The ultimate frontier for me isn't how much I can practice, how many licks, how fast I can play, how many keys can I play in, how many fat, whatever. Mm. But it's ensemble. All it takes is one other person, and you have a duet, and you have an ensemble, you have, and you, you have it or you don't. Chemistry, mm. interaction, that's the ultimate frontier. You can have individual soloing within that, but then... The, but how those, that that's put together, you know what I'm saying, the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then that, if you know, a trio, quartet, whatever, that to me is what never gets boring. Yeah. Is never, never, like, I, if I go hear music, okay, Pat Metheny once said this. He said, when I'm soloing, I'm thinking, like, what would I like to hear if I were the listener in the audience? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. So, same thing. If I, you know, what do I want to hear? Well, so what I try to create with strings attached it's not just a bunch of badass soloists who can go off and solo mm-hmm. in the context of jazz or whatever, but what can we create as, as a unit? Yeah. Uh, uh, arrangements, uh, and also you know, opening up to the band and saying, hey Dave, what, do you hear anything on this? You do, do your thing mm-hmm. and make that work in the whole kaleidoscope. And that is endlessly fascinating. Yeah. As, as if, if when you meditate, when they say it's endlessly fascinating to follow your breath mm. in meditation to me. You know, but I get bored very quickly if I go here just soloing all right. night long. That yeah. some people aren't bored by it, but I do. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you do? Does that yeah, resonate like, with you? Like a blues trio. Right. Where a guy just solos all night, all uh, night long. Right. I get bored by I mean, that, you know? I can hear it for thirty minutes, but, right. but personally and so so back to the thing, like what do I want to hear? That's what I try to present with this group. Is if somebody comes to one of our shows, it's it's gonna be like a, a meal, a well rounded meal. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you're not going to have steak all night long. You're not going to have, you know. So, uh, for instance, on when the song Mother, we took that song from a rock ballad, turned it around, took the drums out of it completely, recreated it from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. That's what we do in Strings Attached. And, and just, there's, it became a piano-based right. tune. And I feel that arrangement of ours, or, or that we've pu- pu- yeah. pulled off together, really... Um, projects the song well, like right. the actual, the, the emotions, the emotional lyrics content of the, of the, of song. the lyrics and everything. Yeah, and it really fits your voice and your piano style. And we don't always hit it on the mark, but that one, I feel like mm. we made our own signature. And right. you made it, especially you, because you lead the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother. <laughs> Are there any other ones that, we, in this or any other projects we've done where you felt like, you know, we kind of recreated it from the bottom up? I think we've um, done really nice things with money that's going to be in this show. That's right. That's I think that's uh, multiple people get to solo on that and kind of all lend their own voices to it. Right. A lot of dynamics in that one. Yeah. I think that's a. And then uh, what else do we do? Um, uh, Well, of course, on the run is completely right. Like yeah, the only five percent of the piece is original mm-hmm. the little keyboard lick so people seem to dig it yeah so okay anything else you can think of that your brain wanders no, off to we'll see, we'll see you Friday <laughs> see you Friday at Carpenter Hall listen to uh, Dave if, depending on when you're hearing this podcast uh, Dave's going to be on KUT Tuesday KUTX 98.9 uh-huh. that would be October 28th Today's the 27th. Yeah. Tuesday of the week of Halloween at 8.30 in the morning. And then Fox TV on Thursday and Friday, both? Thursday, Dave Madden Band, and Friday, Strings Attached. And Friday, Strings Attached. Uh, we have Mark Utter leading, uh, not leading, but uh, singing, Dave singing. We have Courtney Santana, Steve Zirkel on trumpet and bass, Rob Casanel on drums, Jake Langley on guitar. And uh, we're going to be featuring throughout the week on Facebook and on this podcast um, little interviews and and portrayals or or little essays about each artist. So you kind of get to know the band before Friday. You walk in there, you're going to feel like, you know, that that we're your extended family, you know. And we want you to come up and say hi at the show and and let us know, um, you know, how you found out about us and become part of the Strings Attached family. So we're excited because it's Carpenter Hall, which is an unused piece of... uh, property that is uh, used to be the Carpenters Union mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to take it over uh, it's right down near P. Terry's uh, South Lamar and Barton Springs. Springs just right around the corner from uh, where ACL is produced 400 Josephine Street 400 Josephine Street so uh, uh, please share this and if you want to enter our contest we want to encourage you to enter our contest all you have to do is RSVP there's no charge to RSVP. That just puts you on the list to be in line. We only have 600 seats for this show. It's going to sell out fast. Um, but just RSVP. You're going to get free music when you RSVP. And uh, that's it. You'll be on the list. And uh, let us know where you're listening from and if you have any questions. So we'll take care. This is Will Taylor over and out. See you soon.